Oh. Well, the game may be over, but the best Hawkeye analysis is just getting started. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Ross Peterson and Travis Justice are taking your calls. Sound Off. This is your home for the Hawkeyes. News Radio 1040, WHO. Hour number two of the People Show. Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040, WHO. I'm Travis Justice. He's Ross Peterson. Let's get right back to the phones, shall we? Because the Hawks lost today, 38, and a guy who always has something to say, a regular on the Jethro's Barbecue Soundoff, we're going to the state of Indiana. That's where John is. And I'm glad he's calling in, Trav, because he was one of the first guys I saw on Twitter throw in the white flag, white towel, and say, hey, enough of this game. John, I'm glad you were able to stick around for a few hours afterwards, buddy. How's your mental health? Uh, I took a nap. I said on Twitter I was going to take a nap. It was over after uh, that uh, that pick by Nate Stanley when uh, they scored that second touchdown in the second half. Uh, it was just tough sledding. And any Hawkeye fan of the last 25 years, uh, you know that uh, there's a certain point where uh, this is over, but uh, the uh, internal bleeding. So uh took a nap, regained my thoughts, 38-14, uh, uh, I think, is the final score. And uh, 66 yards, the lowest offensive total yard production of the Ferentz era. I got some others for you. John, let me give you some others to pile into that, okay? This comes yep. from our buddy Chad Lysico. This is from the Wisconsin Game Notes here. I got a, two of these for you. Number one. Wisconsin surrendered just 66 total yards to Iowa, fewest yards allowed to a Big Ten opponent, and the second lowest opponent yardage total in UW history. They held Temple to 45 yards in 2005. Here's the other one. The Hawkeyes, 66 yards of total offense, third fewest by an FBS team ranked in the top 25 in the last 20 years. Um... I wanted to talk about. Uh, I could. I could say. Well, it's better. We're better where we at are at now than uh, where Nebraska's at because they look like they gave up the white flag several weeks ago. The di- um, well, and the reason that is because our coach is going to get fired and everybody knows it. Right. Um, but uh, weren't they down thirty to fourteen at halftime to yes. Minnesota? Yes. Um, they gave up fifty-four so- to Minnesota. Uh, it could be worse. We could have lost on a controversial touchdown up in Ames. Yeah. yeah. Um, and blown, it, given up 15 points in the final five minutes. So to Cyclones fans that are whining about a controversial touchdown, don't give up 15 points in the last in the final five minutes, and you would have won the game. That I and and John, I, I just fans. for Cyclone fans that are listening, that was exactly Matt Campbell's response to questions about that final call. He basically said, we, we did this to ourselves. We didn't make the plays. We allowed the game to be put in that position, and that's on us. So, uh, and, and, that's the way, and that's the way that winners think. Yeah. I, what, my point that I wanted to get to is during the commercial break, I was compiling the stats because a lot of the talking points that we hear from the mouthpieces that are close to the Iowa program, uh, I'm looking at you, John Miller of Hawkeye Nation. Um, well, you know, Iowa and Wisconsin – they're, they're basically the same program. Well, that may have been the case uh, when Barry Alvarez was the head coach. Um, that's not the case since 2005. Um, Iowa, 99 and 65 overall. 
since 05. Wisconsin is 118 and 40. That's two seasons. That's two okay? seasons of and wins. And since 05, and we can, and I think both of you would agree that during that from 06 to or from 06, how would I say this? There was a part in there where we saw the lowest uh, Big Ten football ever. Michigan was down. There was just this media, this air of mediocrity. I would agree with that. The program, uh, and in that time, since '05, Iowa fifty-eight and forty-six, Wisconsin sixty-eight and twenty-nine. That's Big Ten since record, that right? Time, that's Big Ten record. Fifty-eight and forty-six in the Big Ten for, for Kirk Ferentz. Three different head coaches, sixty-eight and twenty-nine, and. Uh, it, what gets me is that Wisconsin has had seven 10-win seasons since 05. Iowa has had just two. In the Man. last quarter century, Iowa has been to one Rose Bowl. Wisconsin has been to six. They are a better program, but we have the facility. But the thing is, is that they have an identity. Amen to that. I'll give you that. They are a team that will run the ball down your throat with big uglies that will be first-round grade talent on the offensive line. Now, Iowa does the same thing with offensive line talent, but when it comes to churning out 1,000-yard back after 1,000-yard back after no-name 1,000-yard back, that can't be said. Yeah, we have Albert Young. Yeah, we have Marcus Coker. I could go through the list of guys that we don't remember, and every year they have a fifteen yard, a fifteen hundred yard rusher. Yeah, every year they've got um, not every year, but almost every year they've got a running back that gets drafted in the NFL. Right. So I know that this is long winded. Travis hates that, but maybe that's me getting. No, no, no. Money. I'm going to call instead of the Elias Sports Service. I'm going to call it the John Sports Service. <laughs> um, it, John, we love it, man. Thank you. We love the passion. We love uh, you. Can it, it drips out of you every week, man? We love it. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thank you. Talk to you soon. That's John, you know, John in Indiana. John would be a good addition to Sound Off. And what I mean by it, that is we would just have him sit off to the right on another microphone and spit out stats. Because he <laughs> lo- he's a stat geek, and I like that. John has, John has it in him. Because you know, yeah. one of the things you've got to have to do this job is the gift of gap. Yes. You have to be able to talk. Yeah. Here's what we need to do. We just need to put John in the corner with a microphone and give him his own podcast stream. Okay. Yeah. He can do his own, his own Sound Off over there. Because he could just have stream of consciousness going yes. on podcast stream. You could listen to us and they go, hey, I wonder what John thinks about that last call. You could flip over to John's podcast and he'd just be rambling about yes, it. Yes, that's what he would keep doing. Let's go to Trent. Trent, you've been on hold for a long time, my friend. What do you got for us? Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Doing well, happy, sir. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you. Um, just two-part question. Do you guys uh, think, you know, the first part of the game, the, the offense wasn't on the field for the first, almost the first half hour of real time. Do you think that had any impact? That's funny. We, we were actually pointed that out after Josh Jackson got the interception and then Wisconsin started that drive down the field and you know Travis and I were kind of pointing out this is this is weird to see this much time go off the clock in this Iowa offense. Nate Stanley hadn't even touched the field. That's a fair thing, Trent. We, we maybe have to ask that question throughout the week to some other guys. When we talk to Coach Ferentz or we talk to 
Chuck Long, is that something that can throw a guy out of his rhythm? Not, but not only that, but it wasn't just the first quarter. We're talking about Wisconsin had the football, 38 minutes and 27 seconds. Iowa had it 21-33. You are going to be gassed no matter what, and Kirk Ferentz agrees. Yeah, the defense tried to keep us into it, but uh, you know, when you're not moving the ball, those guys were on the field way too long, and uh, that makes a big difference. And you know, in that uh, fourth quarter, just kind of the tide turned. <laughs> the tide turned. The tide turned before that fourth quarter. But uh, I, I think what he's saying there, yes, the, the defense was on the field way too long, and that included the first the first quarter. Yeah, the tide had turned. The problem was we were that uh, that character buried up to our neck in the sand, about four feet from the shore, and as the tide turned, we drowned. You know, the, the frustrating part in Trent, what you bring up a good point is when your defense scores, that's great. Right. But when your offense goes three and out every time it's on the field, you're not helping your defense whatsoever. It has to be a tit for tat there. I mean, you, if you're going, if the defense is going to produce for you when the offense gets the ball, it has to at least eat some clock to give you some rest. Yeah. One other question, too. What is it with uh, Kirk Ferentz's team and pressure? You know, when the big game's on the line, Big Ten Championship, Rose Bowl, you know, we're ranked this week. Does that, I don't know, does he not prepare for big pressure games like that? Man, again, I, I, I don't want to say that's unfair. Look at these last couple games. Is there something that Coach Ferentz does uh, mentally? Does he go in and tell these guys, this is not, uh, this is no bigger game than when you played Illinois? This is you no, can't say that because don't, is. And I don't know that this happens, Travis. I think it's a fair comment from Trent. Here's a fan that's looking at it going, wait a minute. The last several times that we were supposed to really be up for a game, except for at the home blackout against Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. You laid an egg. You didn't look like you were coming out of the gate at the same speed as the rest of the horses. I mean, even Nate Stanley said last week, he's like, oh, it was great. We had no pressure, you know, no pressure to win us, come out and play, have fun. I think that wasn't the case this week. I think that, you know, 20 ranking, that pressure was there for the guys. That, I don't know, yeah. it's just and, and Trent, could be a combination of several of those things you're talking about. Maybe the offense does start to grip a little bit. When you go up seven nothing, I know right away I started having flashbacks to last week. Josh Jackson took that ball in, and before they kicked the extra point, my head's going, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be like last week." This defense is too good for Wisconsin to beat. Maybe that does add some uh, some pressure there that uh, that none of us can can appreciate. Great phone call, Trent. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. Two eight four five two eight four ten forty two eight four ten forty. Let's go to Nick. What's up, Nick? Nick, I, Nick. I, I think you're talking to me, but uh, my name is Mitch from Dubuque. Okay. Mitch, that's all right. Mitch, oh, I, I apologize. All right. We're only as smart as our producer. Anyways, all the time. So it doesn't really matter. First thing, I'd like to say thank you to the veterans. I think we all appreciate what they do for us. Um, now, John hit you with all the stats. I'd like to do some comparisons that have nothing to do with stats, if you'll allow me. Go ahead. All right. So they're going to be comparisons to, like, Big-name coaches. Hey, Nick, can I do something? Go ahead. Can I put you – I hate to do this because you're on hold a long Dude, time. Dude, wait on hold 26 minutes. You're going to make him hold. I know, but if we if we let him go, he's got four things. I see what you're saying. Give, we'll give him some time you, to get him gonna out. You're going to get a little bit more okay. time on the All back right. end. Yeah, you, smart can man. You hold on? I'll take the time. I'll take the time. Right, motion. Stanley rolls that way. Fires caught by Amir. Oh, then he dropped it. Ah, uh, we heard that a lot today. In fact, we heard it eight times today. Well, we made Nick wait on hold through the break because he had a lot to say. Nick, uh, you got about seven minutes to get your point in. Think you can do it in seven minutes? I can easily do it in seven minutes. All right, what's Firstly, up? you called me Nick again. Oh, Mitch. Sorry. I wrote Mitch. it down, Mitch. I'm, I'm sorry, Mitch. He didn't change it to call screener. There, he changed it. My bad. I thought you were better than that. All right. 
That's all right. Um, I'm only as smart as my producer. That's all right. I uh, Firstly, I want to say that uh, to your listeners that you'll never have to wait this long on hold for a meal at Jeff Rose. You're right about that. Yes, Mitch, very good point, my friend. It'd probably comp you if you were on hold that long. <laughs> I don't think it would happen. I don't think they'd need to comp you. But you know, Mitch, However, this is the people's uh, show, and people wait to be on the show. It's a privilege yeah, to be on the absolutely. show. I want to make some uh, comparisons to from coaches across the nation to musical artists. Okay. Go with me here and see if you agree, or you can add some answers. I like this. This sounds fun. You bet. Game, let's, let's, like do, let's do this, Mitch. All right. Firstly, I would say Nick Saban is the Beatles. Oh. Mostly everyone agrees that he's one of the best of all time. I thought um, for sure you were going to go with Nick Saban is Beyonce. Incredibly popular, but I'm not sure I like his attitude. I don't want to watch Nick Saban at halftime. Uh, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I will go with Hayden Fry is Bob Dylan for the influential aspect. Mm. Uh, all the coaches that he influenced to go on to great things. Uh, you know, in the future after they coached with him. Uh, I'm going to say P.J. Fleck is Drake. The kids <laughs> like it. I don't get it, but uh, the kids <laughs> seem to enjoy it. I'm going to go with Riley at Nebraska as three doors down because everybody agrees that he sucks. Uh, <laughs> so let me work this back to Kirk Ferentz. Okay. I'm going to say that Kirk Ferentz is Aerosmith. He's got some good songs, some very enjoyable songs, but he's also got some terrible songs, and he's getting up Ooh. there in age. Mitch, I like this. Like when you when you look at the whole body of work, very impressive. You 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 really put him near the top of that all time list when you look at the full body of work. But you don't look at any one album or year as necessarily being the best. Aerosmith was never the best band of any given year. I mean, really, it was "Dude Looks Like a Lady" a good song? Again, for the time, I think it was. Right, that that was the 2015 Iowa Hawkeyes. Like for all the things around it, they were really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well you know, Poison sounded good at one time too. Two Hawkeyes are our dream on, and then you've got like you know the 2014 Hawkeyes would be pink. Uh, I I will also say lastly, uh, Brian Ferentz is basically one of those American Idol contestants that gets voted off on the early shows that everybody laughs at. Say that again, Mitch. Brian Ferentz is what? He's basically one of those American Idol contestants that gets voted off on the very early shows, you know, that everybody laughs at. Wow. Oh, Mitch, man, that's harsh. I, you know, I thought that he called a great game last week. I really enjoyed a lot of the things that happened, and then it's terrible to watch him go back into this. I think he thinks he's a really good offensive coordinator, like those singers on American Idol. I think they Boy. think they're really good. Mitch, I think when it's all said and done, you're going to look at Brian Ferentz like a Miley Cyrus. Okay, you're going to. At first, we all sat around and said, "Boy, Daddy's really pulling a lot of strings to let uh, let kid get into a good position, right?" And then we all kind of yeah. sat around those first couple years and went, "Eek, what is this? What's happening?" But after a couple years, we're going to sit back and we're going to go, "You know what? He's starting to grow on us a little bit. A little more talented than most of us thought. Might not be exactly my cup of tea. He's certainly not Bob Dylan like his dad was." But I think he can yeah, produce. I, but I think he can produce some uh, number no, one hits. His dad for us. was Aerosmith. I really like that. I really like that Miley Cyrus thing. I think you've got something there. But uh, if you guys would like to toss out any other coaches uh, after that, you know, uh, let me know. Thanks for thanks for letting me call. You know, that's what a, a great fun game. That Mitch. is a great game. <laughs> I like that a lot. You, here's my problem with it. Okay, I wish 
You know how you don't like John Wayne in The Greatest Generation? Uh, I, I think, hold on now. Here we go. John Wayne was not an American hero. He was an actor. And The Greatest Generation was a name that a writer gave to that generation. It, it doesn't necessarily mean they know, were the greatest group I, of I know, people of all time. I know, you don't like them. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is, I'm going to fall, especially no, on no, WHO. Don't do this to me on Veterans Day, man. <laughs> no, Come on, I didn't mean to. I'll just stick with John Wayne. Anyway, <laughs> so this is going, because on WHO especially, um, this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion. Um, Bob Dylan's horrible. That's a really unpopular opinion. Yes. Now, I, not Bob, a good performer, but a dynamic songwriter. I mean, no, nobody embodies true. what rock and roll is, maybe okay. outside of Chuck Berry, besides Bob Dylan. Oh, I... I Boy, in, I, in a hundred years when you're they selling look, Tom Petty short, then in a hundred years when they look back at what rock and roll was, um, is there a chance that it's Elvis Presley? That no, they, because Elvis didn't write a song. Absolutely right. If if it's Elvis Presley, rock and roll will be remembered as a genre that it never should be remembered as. It'll be remembered as a. Uh, a Frank Sinatra type. If you get a pretty face to go up there and sing the words the right way and, and jiggle but, their hips, that's rock and roll. That was, Bob Dylan was rock and roll. It doesn't the substance or the 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 Bob performance didn't folk. matter. The content, Bob the Dylan content matter. I don't get the Bob Dylan thing, and that's why I just I, now he's got Hayden Fry for me painted next to Bob Dylan, and and I can't get the vision out of my head. Do you want me to get that? Because you say Bob Dylan's folk. Have you not seen the pictures of Hayden Fry with the, the corn stalks, you know, the, the wheat well, sticking out of his mouth? I get that, but see, I don't like Bob Dylan. Highly overrated, especially as a performer. Well, I don't think he's overrated as a performer. I think he people understand the guy is horrible as a performer. Bob Dylan saved my marriage, so you're not going to... Saved your marriage? Saved my marriage. This time around. This time around. Well, I think this might have been like the first time around, okay. actually. On the skirts, wondering what's going to happen. My wife and I bought tickets to Bob Dylan, okay. and we went to go see this. And every song was the same way. It's like a stand-up comedy routine. The song starts, and you go, oh, this is Lay Lady Lay. I love Lay Lady Lay. This is going to be fantastic. And you know the first words of Lay Lady Lay, you know? Lay Lady Lay, lay across my big brass bed. No, Bob Dylan starts singing, and it's like, yeah, boom, boom, and bird night, and the flash down, and the Like, that's not even the song. And we would laugh, and then the second song would start. to be like, ah, oh, Tangled Up in Blue. I love Tangled Up in Blue. But you don't think that's folk? Flash lines, and the you, you think it's rock and roll? Man. Try laughed and laughed that night. Say, Bob Dylan saved, saved, saved marriage. my marriage. There You're going to you go. pick on the guy. Brady, Stan Hull, Larry Des Moines, Stan Hull. We've got lines open at 284-1040, 284-1040. It's the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. We're here till 10 o'clock. The People Show, taking your Hawkeye phone calls on News Radio 1040 WHO. Fox News Radio, I'm Joe Chiro. President Trump is in Hanoi, where he's meeting with Vietnam's president. The president is really looking forward to uh, his visit with uh, President Quan. Uh, he wants to reaffirm the, uh, the relatively new ties between the United States and Vietnam. He, he's also looking for his help on 
uh, solving the Gordian knot of North Korea. Fox's John Roberts. Earlier, President Trump attended the APEC summit in Vietnam, where he spoke on the sidelines with Russian President Putin, who again denied any Russian meddling in the U.S. election. The worst is over after a blast of Arctic air hit the mid-Atlantic and northeast. A warm-up is about to be taking place, and already is, but it's going to be very slow. Incredibly cool, way below our seasonal averages. With that wind, it feels absolutely frigid out there. Fox meteorologist Adam Klotz reporting. Fox News, we report, you decide. You are correct, Travis. Bob Dylan is awful. Oh, stop it. Just stop. Rob says, I agree 1,000% with Travis about Bob Dylan. That he's a bad performer. Nobody disagrees with that. I mean, he was the, You win that. He Every... was the weak stick in the Traveling Wilburys. Oh, come on now. He was. Who was better than him? I mean, who who was he better than in the Traveling Wilburys? It's not a fair question. <laughs> See? Brady, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. What's up? Hey, I, you guys compared uh, Brian Ferris to Miley Cyrus. I sure hope we don't have to watch him swing around our wrecking ball. <laughs> What a fun game. All right, Brady, what else do you want to share with us, man? Well, I kind of compare Ferris to an overprotective parent. He turned around and once he lets the guys go loose like he did against Ohio State, it was a wide-open, spread-them-out kind of game plan. It was like they had more fun. There was more pep in their stuff. They were ready to go get it. But a lot of times, like, whether it was Michigan State, or Minnesota, or this game, the game's tightened up, and they don't go to the tight end until the third quarter, and the players are just all tight. Like, every play depends on them making this one play, and they just can't make it. There are so many drops today. with unreal. And the same thing on those other weeks this year when it didn't go so well. I mean, the players were playing tight. I think the way the game's called makes a big difference. Thanks for the phone call, Brady. Yeah, again, one of those things. All a bunch of little stuff that all went right last week. None of it went right this week, Travis. Yeah, and I kind of I I like his analogy of the overprotective parent, though. Do you think this was the same Iowa team attitude-wise that we watched no. last week? No, and but I think that might go back to our previous caller that talked about um, how tight they were. You know that they seemed so relaxed. Nate Stanley even said that that last week they went in and they felt like they were there to have fun. They didn't feel like they had a lot of pressure on their shoulders. I I could see why today they would have felt that. This was the first time that this team was really looking at a true top twenty ranking. This I mean they they saw a path ahead of them that could have really helped be a stepping stone for this program in a year that wasn't supposed to be. So I think that they did come into this game with a little bit more stress and pressure, and that just added to it. All of those other things, the time that the offense spent off the field, the fact that Wisconsin was just better man-to-man today, and I'd even say they, that they outcoached the Hawkeyes. Iowa didn't make any of the adjustments. That was one of the things Ed was talking about early in the game. Maybe a end of the second quarter, Ed's talking about we got to make sure we make some in-game adjustments here and figure out what we can do to get this offense going, and nothing seemed... If there were adjustments made, none of them seemed to work. The, the, the frustrating thing was that even, you know, Wisconsin went up 17-7, 
And then Josh Jackson got another pick six that made it 17-14. That was in the third quarter. I mean, Iowa's offense was still pathetic at that point, but the Hawks were still in it. There was still a chance at that point. I looked at it and go, the crazy thing is, Iowa has like 25 yards of total offense at this point, and they can win this game by just turning the tide a little bit. But that tide didn't turn at all. I mean, it, right. it, it just, it, they could never, even when it got close and they had a chance, they weren't able to close it out. And they were, and the defense, and Kirk Ferentz said it after the game, that defense was just out of gas totally um, in, in the fourth quarter. You no, know, they make it 17 14, and the only guy that's, uh, that, that's moved the ball is Josh Jackson. When we pulled up the total yards, all purpose yards, Josh Jackson had 93 all purpose yards, and I think your next highest. At that time, was maybe Akram Wadley with like nine yards. Wow! In those first twenty-four plays, Travis, the Hawkeyes had twenty-four yards. I mean, this was this, it was just a an awful game for the Hawkeyes. So you know. So what's next for for Iowa? I mean, obviously Purdue next week. It's in Purdue right now in the third quarter is getting beat twenty to seven by. Northwestern, right? Purdue started. Purdue was the feel good story when the when the season started because they got a couple wins under their belt. They're four and five right now. Um, looks like they're going to lose. Yeah, um, uh, to Northwestern. End of the third. There, yeah. two minutes left. I think yeah. I'm seeing. Uh, and Purdue was a team that was up and down early in the season, Travis. And when we were sitting here and sound off after those first couple weeks, we were watching Purdue, going, "Man, this is a team that looks like they have some potential." to be a good team. But Purdue is not near what we've seen these last couple weeks. They don't have the talent of, of Wisconsin and Ohio State by leaps and bounds. So what should happen next week? Um, you should be able to start to find some sort of identity again here, Travis. I think you go back to those game plans that you saw work against Minnesota and break down Illinois late in that game. Um, this Hawkeye team, if they have an identity, it is still that they want to run the ball and establish that running game. You're going to use Butler and Wadley early next week to try to establish that and then open up that passing game. That's what I think you're going to look for against Purdue. Defensively, for the Hawkeyes, they should be able to handle that Purdue offense. Again, this is a lot closer to Illinois' offense than even Minnesota's. Minnesota, I think, matched up pretty well against that Hawkeye team with how much they run the ball and how much the Hawks were struggling against that. So I think these are. this is a good matchup next week with Purdue, and I really like the matchup with Nebraska because that's a team that looks like they might have quit playing football already. Well, they did quit playing football, and what's going to happen is, you know, um, it, it's interesting when, when Sean Eichhorst, the former uh, athletic director at the University of Nebraska, what was it, three years ago, four years ago, said um, after Nebraska beat Iowa in Iowa City and they fired Bo Pelini, said, well, I did that because I had to evaluate where the Iowa program is, which was a backhanded slap to the Hawkeyes. This will be uh, the second firing of a head coach. To it, There's no way that Mike Riley survives. No, no. No way. He, well, I mean, for yeah, not only because they've so underachieved this year, you got a new boss. Yeah. A new boss is going to bring in his guy. And by the way, one of your alumni is kicking butt and probably the hottest coaching name on the planet right now. And and you have your current athletic director and current chancellor openly talking about that guy, yeah. which is odd and weird, and you don't see that very often in college athletics. Lump, welcome. Lump, what's Lump up from Atlantic? Go ahead, Travis Justice. What's How going on? Hello. Yeah, what's up, we got Lump? You, Lump? Yeah, yeah, you're on with Travis. Yeah, okay. Hey, let's uh, let's focus on next week. Go ahead and get a W, get a couple more Ws, and uh, 
get passed today at Wisconsin. Tough win. Tough loss, fellas. So let's just let's deal with that. We're just coming out of Jefferson, the casino, right now. So <laughs> you're going to Jefferson? No, I just got out of Wild. No, we're just leaving Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson. Wild Rose. Yeah. No concert there tonight. What's that? No concert there tonight. Oh uh, no, Lita Lee, Lee, Lee Ford is not there tonight. Ooh, no, uh, no Casey and the Sunshine Band tonight. No, no. I Rick Rick what? Springfield not in the state tonight. He's usually I making the. See Rick Springfield. I hopefully, you can so. see some Little River Band out hey, there, lot, out and about. A lot. Uh, of Poco. Fine looking, uh, on a fine looking senior citizens in there tonight. A lot of blue hair. Well, a lot of blue hair and cigarettes. All right, all right. Uh, You're not driving, are you, Lump? Uh, not driving here, Lump. Bishop is. So. All right. Tell okay. Bishop. Hey. Tell Bishop to be safe, Lump. Let's uh, let's let's focus on next week. Let's get a big W. Sounds good, Lump. Thanks. Okay. You can't tell me you don't want to party at the casino with Lump and the Bishop. I know. I mean, come on. Do you think they hit the all-you-can-eat buffet before they left? Of course they Absolutely. did. Absolutely. Yeah, because first of all, it's only prime rib. If he if they'd won a lot of money, Lump would have said, "Oh, we had a great day at Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson." He didn't. No. So that probably means they had some fun, had a buffet, lost some dollars. Where do you think he lost it? Roulette, poker, blackjack, slot machines. Sounded like a video poker guy yeah, to me. Yeah. yeah just kind of. Well, I mean, his name's Lump. Okay. Yeah. He's got. He's going to find his spot. He's going to sit in his spot for a while. He's going to let the drinks come to him. Going to let the action find him. I met, I think Lump is probably a video gamer. Now, Bishop, and then Bishop's got, a guy to keep your eye on. That's a crap winning SOB right there. <laughs> 284-1040. That's the number to call. We're here to well, I got a bomb. I'm waiting to drop If Iowa you. would yield the results that Clemson has had, yeah. if Iowa would re- yield the results that Oklahoma has, what do those two teams have in common that Iowa doesn't have? National powerhouses. And national championships. And, and perennial powerhouses. Yeah. Nobody, and you can call it Clemsoning. Listen, I, I don't think anybody expects a team to go unbeaten. Alabama's won 30 straight regular season games, but the tide are down right now, last I looked, to Mississippi State in the fourth quarter. That, so their, their unbeaten streak could come to an end. Uh, Georgia got beat today, the number one team in the country. Um, Notre Dame is getting, Notre Dame is getting handed yep. at at home. They've already had one loss. They lost to Georgia. I, yeah, but yeah. They, yes, at uh, yeah at Miami. Nobody. So yes, Clemson has lost this year, but Clemson's also been in what the last two national championship games, yeah. the last three national championship games. So it, would you want to play in a national championship game? Yes. Yes. So, but what I'm saying is the roller coaster we see here is. Really good, really bad. Prepared, not so prepared. And I think that's the roller coaster that's... that I think people get frustrated on. Yep. Two eight four ten forty. Let's go to I think it's supposed to be Dan. Is it Dan? Let's find out. Iden. Iden? Iden. What's up, Iden? Iden. Ivan. That's an actual name Again, as opposed to Iden. We're only as smart as our producer's typing ability. Listen, I want to give him a little bit of a break here. That phone is hard to... I spent 10 years listening to that phone, and yeah. names just don't sound normal through that phone. But, Sean, Iden is not a name. Ivan, go right ahead, sir. Yeah, just a little historical uh, comparison or perspective. Um, the 83 Hawkeyes team beat Ohio State and Iowa City, which I think at the time was probably arguably Fry's biggest win. And they went on the road the following week, uh, I believe ranked in the top five, 
and lost 33 to nothing to Illinois. And Illinois went on to uh, run the table in the Big Ten that year and go to the Rose Bowl. I think the Hawkeyes uh, went 9-2 and two and went to the Gator Bowl. But um, I think that's a really yeah, good I think they uh, played Florida that year, too, didn't they? Comparison. Pardon? Didn't they play Florida that year in the Gator Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they lost to Florida yep. in, uh, in the Gator Bowl. I think that was Chuck Long's sophomore year, his second year as a starter. But, um, yeah, that's kind of what this game today reminded me of. Hmm. Brought that back to mind anyway. Good memory, Ivan. All right, thanks. Appreciate the call, sir. That's a strong memory. You remembered that game. You remembered stuff about that year. I remember remember because you know why? I I remember in 83 when they went to the Gator Bowl – I got a Gator Bowl T-shirt. Remember, it was really cool to get the Bowl Absolutely. game T-shirt every yes, year. Yes, I do. I had an Iowa versus <laughs> um, um, Florida Gator Bowl T-shirt. I saw one of the old Coke bottles on Facebook yeah. sell on the on the marketplace the other day. Somebody was trying the to Iowa, sell Iowa State one. Well, I don't know if it was an Iowa State one. They made a, they made a couple of those. It wasn't just the Iowa See, State. I, I had a case of the. I think it was Pepsi. Of the when they renewed the series in 1977. I feel like Dad had we had some of the bowl game Coke bottles hanging around. Yeah. I can remember maybe a. You know, Holiday Bowl or something yeah. like that. Dave, thanks for calling us. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, you know, we've been talking about how uh, lethargic and everything. At times, the team uh, looked today at everything. But you know what got me? I thought Gary Dolphin was totally lethargic today. That first call, when we intercepted the pass... I didn't even realize that that was a big moment in the game. I mean, Zabo would have been falling off his stool, screaming and everything else. And if you listen to the broadcast, I mean, it was like he was calling a parade or something, you know. Oh, I, th- I thought you, Now you're talking about the first pick six from Josh Jackson? Oh, here it is. Yes. All right, let's yeah. listen to this, Dave. I thought, th- I thought this, I got excited for this one. Let's hear it. Again, yeah. in the gun is Hornybrook. Back to pass. Protection's good. Pass is intercepted at the 40. 35-30. Josh Jackson. Nobody home. Touchdown, Iowa. Touchdown, Iowa. Josh Jackson, a 43-yard pick six. I, I like the call. The only thing I – maybe, Dave, it just – that happened so early on. Maybe the emotion of the game hadn't quite caught up with Dolph. I don't know. I, I don't have too well, many problems with that call. But. I thought he could have been a lot more emotional. I mean, that was uh, unbelievable to start the game like that. And I, I don't know, I kind of set the stage for the whole game. I, I wish he'd get a little bit more uh, into the you know, the excitement of the game. And that's all my comment is. I guess I just miss Zobble so much. <laughs> Appreciate it, Dave. <laughs> Thanks for the phone call. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, a lot of us miss Jim. He was a great guy. Yeah, you know, and listen, Dolph's going to call me on Sunday now, and we're going to talk about this. It's hard to be a play-by-play guy. Because Man. it's what I mean is, is you you never keep people happy. You just never do. Well, and Travis, I mean, you and I have both been in that situation. I've been a play-by-play guy. It takes a while for you to get into the game, and and that's the just my reaction hearing that as a play-by-play guy is that sounds to me like a a, a guy that the play kind of caught him by surprise. I don't have that much problem with it. Oh, that was a pretty good. Call. One hour to go in the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. We're AM 1040 on your radio and on your smartphone. Available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. News Radio 1040, WHO, Des Moines. 
President Trump taking care of business in Vietnam. I'm Carmen Roberts, Fox News. So we're going to do a tremendous amount of trade. We've already made deals. President Trump arriving at the presidential palace in Hanoi a short time ago. We're going to be doing a tremendous amount, billions and billions of dollars of trade with the United States. We're opening up the markets and the trade is going to produce tremendous numbers of jobs in the United States and will also be obviously great for Vietnam. So we look forward to it. President not forgetting, though, the other big problem looming looming over Asia and the U.S. The uh, North Korean situation continues to be a problem. He pushed that issue with China yesterday. And President Xi, I think, is going to be a tremendous help. I hope Russia, likewise, will be a tremendous help. I think that can make a big difference. I know that South Korea and Japan are very much unified in the sense that they want to be able to take care of a problem that's right next to them. Back in the U.S., Senator John McCain, who was a prisoner of war for nearly six years in Vietnam, is blasting President Trump for failing to mention Vietnam's ongoing human rights violations. Roy Moore says he's not quitting the race for senator in Alabama despite multiple accusations of sexual misconduct, including one decades ago with a 14-year-old girl. Moore is blaming the Washington Post for pushing an agenda. Moore faces plenty of opposition within his own party. Today, Republican Senator Bob Corker of Tennessee tweeted, Look, I'm sorry, but even before these reports surfaced, Roy Moore's nomination was a bridge too far. Remember, this is a tweet coming from a Republican. Uh, when you look at uh, Moore's Democratic challenger Doug Jones's Twitter account, he hasn't even addressed these allegations yet. Fox's Jonathan Sari in Gadsden, Alabama. The governor of Alabama not delaying that special election on December 12th. Fox News, fair and balanced.